This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. I am Jeff Nowak, your host alongside Steve Geller, WWL's sideline reporter. We are in the second segment of this podcast, and this is going to be kind of a programming note here. This is going to be where, when we're kind of plugging in interviews audio from players this is where you're going to find it um and i think that's the that's where this podcast is going to have some good value for for listeners more so than us just rambling like we did in the in the opener there so as you know the saints have been on break for the past month and a half or so you know they're coming back the the rookies reported last week veterans are reporting on july 26th practices start on july 27th so we will get a good amount of information from the players as they come in and out. But I still have, you know, I, I tucked this one away. Uh, it took me a while to save it because as Steve is aware, you know, I am not a radio person. I, for the, my entire life, have recorded interviews using my cell phone. Now, when you try to repurpose audio off your cell phone, it's not very good. It's good to listen back and get the quotes from, but... I'm not going to subject you to the recordings off of my phone. So I got a fancy recorder. I go into the locker room. I go and I, you know, I go hang out with Nick Vanette. That's the interview you're going to hear. And we're, we're talking about tight end stuff, right? All the good tight end drama. And then I go back and listen to it. And it sounds like a mouse squeaking in my ear because <laughs> apparently the levels that were coming in were not high enough and blah, blah, blah. But I was able to rescue it. The quality is not going to be quite perfect, but I think it's good enough. And I think he said a lot of really interesting things here. And without further ado, here's uh, our exclusive interview with Nick Vanette coming at you. You know, I know, like, you know, obviously, like, what they say about us out there, like, that's that was opinion. But I think, you know, I think we have a great room. Um, and I think we're very anxious to be able to show that this year. I think statistically we didn't have the year that we had hoped to and everybody else had hoped to. But, um, you know, we're just very motivated this year to come out and just – make our presence known um and we know it's not just one guy it takes the whole unit and so yeah i mean we got, we got a lot of guys who do a lot of good things for us i think we're pretty talented you know, i've been i've been in some good tight end rooms and i would say this one's up there for sure and you know what about this tight end room kind of feels that like are there any special things that you think that this group has that you might not see yeah i mean i think obviously like and every place I've been, like, there's obviously talent everywhere. You go. I mean, it's the NFL. There's going to be talent. But I think what makes the difference is, like, the competitiveness and, you know, the, the work ethic and the heart that everybody has. And I mean, dude, like, you know, obviously there's been some, I mean, if you read the media, there's a lot of negativity on us. And it is what it is. But, like, we don't let that get to us. We just put our nose down. We grind and we're going to work. And, like I said, we're going to make our presence known this year. We're going to. 
do what we can and do what we're asked to do, 100 miles per hour, and we're going to do the best of, best of our ability. So I feel like that's what separates us from them, is just our will to compete and just to go out there and just do what we're asked to do. But you talked about some of the struggles last year, and how you know how difficult is it to kind of get off the ground, as, even as a position group, with all the injuries? You know, you were yeah. hurt at the end of the preseason, Troutman was hurt. Yeah. And when you guys got back, James was hurt. You know, how difficult was that, and how can you, you know, do that a little differently this time? Right? Dude, I was actually going to bring that up. Like, that's that's a great point because if you think about it, dude, we really haven't been healthy dude, throughout the entire year. Like, when I was healthy, Trout went down. And so I was playing for five games. He came back. And then, like, you know, with COVID and, like, I think the, the last Atlanta game was the first time we all were up playing and we had a really good game. I think Juwan Trout had a touchdown. Um, you know, we, we both got some catches and blocked pretty well. So that was, like, the first chance that – I feel like everybody saw, like, what we can do together on the field. Um, so, yeah, obviously, the biggest thing is staying healthy, right? Um, and then you see with Jameis, like, it's just it's, – it was constantly just adjustments being made, like, every week. It was tough because you didn't know who was going to be playing, who was who wasn't going to be playing. And, um, obviously, we hope that we have a lot better luck with that this year. Um, it was pretty crazy last year. But no matter what, you know, we just got to keep fighting. We got some next made up mentality, and we just got to – you know, just do the best of our ability. So, but yeah, like I think if we have like a full healthy unit this year, like it's, I think people are going to be able to finally see like what it looks like. And I think they got a glimpse of it in Atlanta last year. Well, there you have it. Yeah. And first off, shout out to Nick Vanette because, you know, as you cover teams, you kind of get an idea of who, who the great interviews are and who you want to, you know, if you really want to get an answer to a question, who you go to. Because a lot of guys, you know, you'll ask them a question, they'll give you the same answer. There's not a lot of meat there. Um, and that's not, you know, some people just don't like doing interviews. Some people just aren't very good at doing interviews. Nick is always gives you great answers. And as someone who often has the exact question I want to ask in my head, and then what comes out of my mouth is so often not that, that he's the type of guy who is able to interpret your question for what it's supposed to be, and he actually answers it. And I always appreciate that. I know you feel similarly about that. Yeah, he was a guy that when he came in last year and we got to talk to him, I forget who it was in the media room, you know, talking to uh, about the players and all and just saying that he's going to be one of those guys that down the line wins, ends up winning the the, the media f- award for, for, for best uh, player in the locker room because of the answers he's able to give. And like you said, how he's able to communicate with us. I, I, I just appreciate more than the one or two word answers that some guys are are, are going to give you really looking forward to seeing what he does in a healthy season, because I know that it was, it was definitely tough for him in the beginning of the year. And then when he came back, it seemed like, you know, he's known for his blocking and that kind of struggled. Yeah. He, he, he listens to your question and he answers your question and he cares to give you a good answer. And, you know, that's really all you can hope for as a, as a media member. Um, I thought his, his answers there were very interesting uh, and one, because I often wonder, you know, as someone who's never played in the NFL, how much of that noise do you hear throughout the week, throughout the season? And you can, you know, it, from what he said there, you can tell he hears the noise about how the tight end room is underachieved, blah, blah, blah. I said, I hear what people are saying, you know, and so keep that in mind when you're talking trash about the players. Some of them are paying attention, not all of them, I think. Well, but, that's uh, the thing. I think like back in the day when there was just the newspaper or maybe, a, a news update coming for you. You could tune out the noise, but 
with social media yeah. and the way yeah, that sports is covered now, right. the noise is just constant. They have the TVs on in the locker room. They hear it. Yeah, yeah. And it's oh, it's always like the first take and all that stuff. Um, but I just think what he said was telling there in, in two different ways. One, this tight ad room clearly feels like they did not reach the level that they can. And I think that's fair. I think that is fair because when you look at the relative health of that room last year and what they were dealing with, and then by the time they got healthy, what they were looking at at the quarterback position, you know, there is a lot of room to grow there. You know, Nick Vanette got hurt late in the preseason. He also had a really bad flu that was not COVID that forced him to miss a lot of training camp. It was his first training camp with the Saints. So that's a lot of important install time. So, you know, he missed the first half of the season. But right when he came back was week 10, I believe, against the Eagles. And that was the game that Adam Troutman went out. And right. I think when you look at this tight end room, you need to stop looking at it as tight end one and then everybody else. You need to kind of look at it more in kind of the money ball perspective where you look at the aggregate rather than the individual results. And even, even if you do that last year, the aggregate wasn't that bad. So you're talking about Taysom Hill, Jawan Johnson, Adam Troutman, Nick Vanette. I think Nick Vanette and Adam Troutman are kind of the, the parabola there <laughs> where you kind of put them at the top and see what they're doing. And they kind of work off of each other with blocking assignments and with receiving assignments because – you know, Adam is the guy you expect to get downfield more often. Nick is the guy you expect to stay in line more often. And you can run them out in 12 personnel and they can be really effective. You didn't get to see that virtually at all last year. Um, but if you go through the entire kind of Troutman, Vanette, Jawan, Taysom, they combined for 53 catches on 86 targets, 646 yards, and seven touchdowns. Now, obviously... No, not Taysom last year, huh? Yeah, he he didn't have many. He had four catches for 52 yards. Okay. And when he was catching the ball, he was operating as a tight end. But, I mean, that's those numbers are reasonable for a tight end. You just needed to use four different players to get to them. And that's where you want to see you know a little more investment. But go back to 2020 with Jared Cook. 37 catches for 504 yards and seven touchdowns. 2019 with Jared Cook. 43 catches for 705 yards and nine touchdowns. And, you know, you weren't getting a ton out of Josh Hill in that secondary role. So, I mean, the, the, the output of the tight end room is actually about the same. And when you look at how effective they were in a season where the offense was stuck in the mud all year, I think there's a little bit to be, to be a little bit of positivity you can pull out of that. The other thing he said that I appreciated was this is a very competitive room. And I think that's fair. When you look at a lot of the tight end rooms that you've seen with the Saints, there's been one guy who's the starter and then a bunch of guys who are just fighting to fill in. I think that you have five guys here who could who could contribute and they're going to continue to push each other. And one of those guys obviously is Taysom Hill, who I know you want to talk about a little bit more. Yeah, um, obviously the other day when we got the news about the physically unable to perform list with him, it was uh, glad to see he was not on it, which is kind of surprising considering coming back from that Liz Frank surgery. Uh, I'm very curious to see what he's going to do back in this tight end slash Swiss army knife role again, instead of being focused on just the quarterback. And, and I, I don't know why everybody else seemed to see it. Uh, and Sean Payton seems so determined with keeping Taysom as that quarterback. He was, he was Sean's guy. He was QB, QB seven. Yeah. When, when, when Sean came on with us and I think he might've said it elsewhere, comparing Taysom early, early on Steve to Young. a Steve Young. Yeah. It was like, you know, you made your your tongue hang out and go, what are you talking about? And we never... It's we just because they both went to BYU. That, that's the, the 
Well, we, we kind of saw some of that running style from that Steve Young running style, that reckless abandon and throwing his body around, but I did not see the same kind of passing acumen. Yeah, he's Steve Young in the sense that you can't play that way for an entire season and expect to be healthy. And not um, <laughs> we all we all know how Steve Young's career ended. And I think Taysom, if if they continued to try to hammer Taysom as a quarterback, I think his career would end very similarly to Steve Young's. We've already seen him have concussions. You know, it's it's something that can and will end your career. And that and it ended Steve Young's career long before we knew everything we know now about concussions, right? It's It takes a lot less to impact your career now than it did back then. And so that's pretty telling of just how much damage uh, Steve Young took. Um, but we had Lance Moore, Saints Lance great Romance. Super Bowl champion on a Sports Talk earlier this week. And this is what he had to say about Taysom Hill. More football player than he is quarterback. Um, and and to, to kind of play on that, a quarterback knows the in and outs of everything that the receivers and tight ends do. It's just about getting the repetitions. And he's been getting the repetitions at it. I mean, it's, it's, he's not going to be a guy that's forgotten about in this offense. He's, he's too important. He's too good of a ball player. And he's dynamic when he gets the ball in his hands. I don't care if it's third and fourth and short or if it's a first and ten and, and we're throwing a long bomb to him. I mean, he is a playmaking uh, a machine. He's a guy that, that does fantastic things on the football field. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him healthy and out there and in a, a similar role to we, what we've seen in the past, but, but one that's expanded more to him playing the tight end position. I think, I think he's going to be great. Um, you know, he's tough as nails. He's a guy that's basically done whatever they've asked him to do for so long. It's, it's, I feel like with the, the tight end position um, depth that we have, I think he's the best guy. I mean, it's just a matter of is he going to be able to consistently do the things that's asked of him, uh, both in the run and the passing game. Yeah, that was the big comment there at the end, saying, I think he's the number one guy, uh, which is pretty bold to say. Uh, I mean, the, the Saints don't have any an elite tight end, but I would think that Troutman going into year three would be your number one option, but I guess he's still trying to to prove himself as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and this kind of goes back into what I was saying before, is I think it's important to not kind of look at this tight end room and go like, okay, TE1, TE2, TE3, TE4, because it's more about the roles that they're going to have, in my opinion. You're going to have Adam Troutman, who's going to be kind of the the do-it-all tight end of, he's going to he can stay in line to block, he can get out on a route, and then you're going to have Nick Vanette, who's more of the blocking tight end. He's going to be in big personnel. He's going to be more of the run-blocking tight end. But he can still get out. He can still do some damage on screens. He's a lot faster than people think. He actually led the Saints in receiving yards against the Cowboys last year. Uh, the caveat being it was only 48 yards. But, you know, he, he can do he can get to work in the passing game when he gets the opportunity. They, they flash up the speeds in the stadium. At one point, he clocked in over 20 miles an hour. He can move and he's a big dude. So in situations where you're just trying to, like, pop him out on a screen, he's a guy that can do some damage there, I think. 
And then Jawan Johnson, I, I still don't know. You know, I don't know if his roster spot is safe. Um, he's I think he's up, got a I lot to prove in his training camp. But he can be kind of the he, – he and Taysom, I think, that's where you're going to see that kind of move tight end role. And one of those two guys is going to own it. Um, and I expect Taysom Hill, assuming he's healthy, he had Liz Frank surgery after the season. He hurt it in week 18 against Atlanta. Um, so who knows exactly how ready he's going to be at what point in camp. So I think that's what's going to be an opening for Jawan Johnson because that's the role that you know Nick Vanette and Adam Troutman don't really fill is that dynamic athlete who can line up in the H, who can move around the formation and make some hay downfield, be a, tar- be a weapon in the red zone by using more than just size and boxing people out. He can beat people on routes. And that's where Taysom, I think, when you talk about the best tight end they have, he is easily the best weapon they have. And I am fascinated to see whether he gets drafted at all in fantasy drafts. I think he's going to be useful in fantasy football this year. I really do, because I think he's going to be a touchdown magnet in the red zone. Now, there's a in fantasy ball, you're just going to have him as a tight end, or you're going to be able to put him as a wide receiver, running back as he's well? Be tight end. Yeah, he, he's, he's listed at tight end uh, in the sleeper league. I mean, I'm in a dynasty league where I already had Taysom Hill because uh, I had him as a quarterback forever. Um, I have a lot of Saints players because it's a dynasty league and I just pick up all the Saints players because I like you know, I like to have them on my roster since I get to watch them all the time, so I have an idea of who's going to well, play. I'm, guess, I'm, I'm guessing your dynasty league is not local then because all the local when you do local drafts, all the Saints players are going. Well, dynasty league, you keep the you keep the rosters from year to year, so you're not redrafting every year. Right. So like when I pick up Marquez Callaway before anyone else even knows his name, I get to keep him and I'm not dropping him. I, I was really proud of that move until last year happened and none of the Saints wide receivers caught any passes. You don't have a limit on how many guys you can keep? You have 25. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of cool because it's like it forces you to actually like build your roster and draft rookies and and do all this. But I always end up trading my rookie draft picks. <laughs> so so I end up not drafting any rookies and then just trying to figure it out. You know, I, I, I try to do, make my dynasty league like the, like the Saints handle their draft, except I'm not good at it. Um, but yeah, but I will say I got Chris Olave at, uh, the number five pick in the, in the rookie draft. So that was nice. You're holding on to him. I have, I have Michael Thomas and now I have Chris Olave. So kind of, kind of sorted it out. I've, I've been struggling in this league because I traded everything to go get Michael Thomas after 2019. Oh so, man. I was like, man, he's like a cheat code. It's full PPR. And, um, and then, you know, it all, it all went off the rails, uh, in 2020 and 2021. And he's now untradeable in Dynasty and real life. <laughs> and in real life, right. Well, I, I think that uh, Jawan Johnson has bulked up heading into this season as yeah. well. And 250. Uh, I, I think that could help him more with his blocking. I think that's the biggest issue. And I'm not really sure why he disappeared last season after such a hot, a hot start to the year. There were rumblings that he got into Sean Payton's doghouse, but I really don't understand how either i mean we can we can say the hot start to the year but really it was just a couple touchdowns in that opener that really kind of felt like it was a hotter start than it was i think he only had like 12 yards in that game but he had a couple touchdowns he did have four touchdowns on the season but he only had 13 catches for 198 yards so there was really never a point that it was like oh yeah he's he's really on fire and then he fell off a cliff i think that there were some inconsistency issues I think there was some route running questions where he, there were there were points early in the season where it didn't seem like he and Jameis were on the same page. I think against the Seahawks was a good example of that. And I, I think that's where you need a little more refinement. Remember, he was a wide receiver his entire career until last offseason. He transitioned to tight end. And that's not a perfect switch. And 
when you are suddenly being asked to block where it's a part of your job and you're not used to doing that in line, you know, it's, it's hard and your value gets shifted downward, right? You can only be trusted in very specific situations. And it's when you are throwing caution to the winds and being an offensive football team. Well, in the second half of last season, the Saints never were an offensive football team. The only time they were were when they were down three or four touchdowns going into the fourth quarter and Trevor Simeon put on like, you know, his do-it-yourself hat and went, you know, there was never a point where the Saints were like, we're going to win this game on offense. When Taysom Hill came in and they started winning some games again, it was it was ground and pound, win on defense. The offense needs to not turn the ball over. And that's what they did. So I don't know why he was not used as much later in the season. It did seem odd that when Nick Vanette and Adam Troutman were down, you didn't see more of him. And that's where you have to look at and wonder, okay, can he fix some of the issues that were dogging him last year? Can he get on Pete Carmichael's good side? Can he have a connection with Jameis Winston that exists more than three yards from the end zone? And I don't know if that's going to happen. I'd like to see it happen because I actually really like Juwan. He's another guy. I really like this tight end room. Maybe that's why I'm standing for it so hard is that every member of this tight end room is a really is a really high quality like person that I've spoken to that I've enjoyed talking to and I want them to succeed. And maybe this is me kind of galaxy branding my way through this tight end room, not making any additions and, and, and finding a mental gymnastics way of having it be better than it was last year. <laughs> maybe that's what's happening. But I also think that there's merit to that, that these are all high quality players that work very hard and push each other and that it can improve with just reasonable health. We didn't see the saints make any, Free agent additions, no, no draft I'm, picks. The name we haven't mentioned is Lucas Crawl. Right, the undrafted rookie, which everybody, you know, the buzz was bu- building during uh, OTAs and minicamp. Big body, uh, anxious to see what he's going to do. Definitely is on that dark horse list of someone who could potentially make the team. I would think more of a practice squad uh, guy, though. Yeah, I think he. I think he's intriguing uh, down the road option. I think that he's a guy who the Saints could probably stash on the practice squad. I just, you know, it's when you when you come in as a UDFA, your your margin to make the roster in year one is so narrow. It's so narrow. And there are four quality names on this tight end list that you would probably have to get ahead of one of them. Juwan Johnson is probably the only option that's really on the table um, for him to get past. Like a guy like J.P. Holtz could even challenge Vanette. Yeah, I, I don't see it. But I do see that final, you know, the final two. So I think Taysom and Juwan are both going to have to be contributors on special teams. And I think for Lucas Kroll to make the roster, it will not be based on his you know, athletic profile over the middle of the field this year. It will be based on how impactful is he on special teams. And I think when you get to the end of the roster and you make those decisions, I think that special teams component comes in a lot bigger than it would for Troutman and Vanette because you know where they're going to be. They're not going to be on special teams. Um but you need those depth options to those depth roster spots to be contributors on special teams. It's just a fact. Yeah. And you, you mentioned Troutman too. That's another guy last season, just so many injuries uh, to start the year. I know he dealt with some health concerns. Uh, there was a cyst before even camp started that he had to have removed. Uh, I think he had other uh, health problem during camp. It might've been a knee that, uh, he he ended up getting during training camp that also you know carried into the season and then ended up getting uh, hurting his knee again uh, during the regular season. Uh, some someone definitely we have not seen uh, his his full potential yet, and some uh, a guy that 
I know is healthy coming into this year and has a lot to prove for, for year three. A lot of folks are saying it's a, it's a make or break year already from Troutman, but I'm pumping the brakes on that. Yeah. So if you're, if you're trying to argue the Adam Troutman is on an upward trajectory um, take, what you would do is you would go and you would look at, you know, weeks 10, 11, and 12 of last season. It was Atlanta, Tennessee, Philadelphia, right? He had, he had four catches against the Bucks, 47 yards, five catches against the Titans for 32 yards, five catches against the Eagles for 58 yards and a touchdown. He also had a touchdown in the, the um, finale against the Falcons. You know, and that's the type of impact when you're talking about a tight end, that's reasonable impact. You're talking chain moving receptions. You're talking a guy getting over the middle of the field and hauling it in and taking a hit. And that's what he did against the Eagles, who the Saints kind of got blown out in that game. They lost uh, 40 to 29. His kind of circus catch over the middle where he got hurt actually kept the Saints in the game. They were down two scores at that point. They had the ball in the red zone. Uh, with about 10 minutes left. They obviously, they didn't score there. So, but like if they, if they go downfield and score a touchdown there, they're still in the game. So it was impactful. It wasn't garbage time. Um, and that's the, that's the run where you see, okay, he had 14 catches for, you know, about 150 yards in a three game span, 14 catches for about 150 yards and a touchdown. He had 13 catches for about 110 yards and a touchdown over the other, you know, however many games he played, the other eight games he played. So like that was when he was getting incorporated into the offense and he was starting to, to make some forward momentum with Trevor Simeon. He didn't really ever find it with, with Jameis Winston. And then he got hurt and that kind of derailed that. And I know that was frustrating for him. He talked about that um, during, during camp. But I think that if you're, if you're looking at a guy who you want to kind of impart some positivity on, maybe he can take a, take a next step this year, I think it's probably Troutman. Yeah, I know a lot of folks including myself, got burned last season because he was someone that I I drafted a little higher than usual in, in fantasy football, uh, expecting a big year from Troutman. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be hesitant in, in picking him at all this year. Uh, I just think that um, his blocking was a lot better than expected uh, last season, which was kind of a surprise. Because you were listening too much to Bobby. That he was, I guess so. Bobby right. was Bobby's guy. I expect to hear a lot of a lot of very strong uh, Troutman needs to step up takes from Bobby because I think he's still bitter about his guy from last year being Troutman and letting him down. And all that starts at training camp, which kicks off this week. And we're going to get into a lot more of that after you hear from our sponsor. 